Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Berganti. So in the last episode, I talked a little bit about executive functions and raising awareness. And um, as I think about things, just all these ideas, all these things keep popping up, all these similarities between these forums um, that we have people fill out. We ask people questions. Um, if you want to fill out a form and you want to be on a podcast or have a share your story, potentially also be in a documentary film or be photographed for Getty Images project that we're working on, um, on our Instagram and our Facebook page, there's a link. You can click the link and there's a community sign up form that um, you can fill out and it'll give us all your information and we can, I'll be, I'll be in contact with you and um, we'll get you scheduled to be on one of the shows. The podcast is definitely one of the amazing things about um, our organization that um, is taking off and people are constantly talking about it. So it's really good to hear feedback from people. And it's also really fun to just have these organic conversations with people over the phone um, since everyone is based all over the world. And I haven't yet been able to be feeling well enough to be on the road constantly because of some of my back issues. But so one of the things that, you know, brought to my attention with executive functions is hygiene. And so hygiene will be the today's topic. I'll try to run through all of the scenarios that I've been through in my entire life as far as hygiene goes from what I can remember as a child to even the hygiene struggles and problems that I still have today at 36 and um, also the successes of what worked for me and, and some of these things out there for the guys out there. You guys might do the same thing. You might not struggle with this at all. I know that there's some guys that don't have any issues with hygiene um, or they have a constant reminder from their wife or girlfriend that they smell and they need to take a shower, uh, which I get sometimes. So um, let's just kind of break it down. Okay. So let's go all the way back. So when I was a kid, definitely, you know, I look back and I definitely had lots of cavities, lots of braces, lots of dental work, lots of fillings, lots of trips to the dentist, and we didn't have dental insurance. So that stuff gets really expensive. And some of the aspects of oral hygiene are obviously um, that one word that I still don't know how to pronounce. Um, It starts with a T. Let's just put it that way. And, And they've linked some, it's basically our teeth have low enamel or some, some of the people and I can't. So since Kleinfelder syndrome is a spectrum, let's not generalize. Let's say, you know, I know some guys that have had to have like some major dental work done. Um, and I know people that have had no cavities and perfect teeth. So let's just, and everything in between. And I fall somewhere in, in, in between with this one. Um, so as far as like, the teeth, you know, they, the low enamel can cause more issues and more problems for some kids, especially, obviously, hygiene is really important, like brushing your teeth. And I know that the last episode of, of, um, of that I talked about executive functions, I talked a little bit about brushing your teeth and, and the mind and how you think. And it's actually getting really hot in my house, so I'm going to take my jacket off, and that's the noise that you can hear in the background. But... Um, so when I was a child, 
the cavities and all the dental work and, and the dentist, I don't know anyone that enjoys the dentist that doesn't go there sitting in the chair when they're getting dental work done, whether it's a cleaning or just a basic checkup that is like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. This is so awesome. Like, I, I can't wait to come back. Um, it's like you're cringing. You're like, your palms are sweaty. You're, you're clenching your fists. You're like so stiff as you lay in the chair. It's really, really hard to relax. Even if you have like, um, noise canceling headphones, you can feel and hear that through the music that you're playing even worse, I think. Um, and to hear it and feel it and just, it's especially have sensory, uh, being more sensitive to sounds and smells and tastes and all those other things. It's braces and all of that has been a, um, a challenge. Let's just put it that way to, it, it get through it and and not let it emotionally impact you to where you never want to go ever again and I know that there's some kids that really have a hard time with the dentist so brush your teeth brush your teeth brush your teeth brush your teeth floss that's one of the things that I still have a hard time with to this day is is flossing so I had a star chart when I was probably in middle not even, yeah middle um like grade school grade school and and it was um, like take a shower, take a bath or shower. I took baths as a kid. It's just something that I think a lot of kids, excuse me, a lot of kids do. Um, then it was like brush your teeth and my mom still has it somewhere. I, I, I'll, maybe I'll find it and use it as a photo. Um, brush your teeth, shower, wash your face. Um, like all the basics of, I can't even think of the basics and and here I am 36 years old. All the basics of learning the independence of personal hygiene as a kid, like showering with soap, using soap, not just getting in the shower and getting there to get in there and then get out because of the sensory of water or whatever it may be. Um, So I had this star chart as a kid and now I've seen families that use like pictures. So they take a picture of their child and doing whatever it is they need to do and then they'll have like a list or a chart or stickers or, or whatever and that that visual image will remind their son that hey like this is a photo of you brushing your teeth and I think one of the other things is like I'm trying to think about it is being honest while doing these things can be somewhat difficult for some kids because they just will, it's, it doesn't click. Like back in the day, they used to have these um, number photograph things that you would like connect the dots that were the numbers and it would create like an image. So I think that there could possibly be some like neuro differences in our brain where those numbers from one to four to, you know, the, to all the different numbers, those numbers might not connect. So there might, it like the brain signal that you're telling yourself to do these things or someone's telling you needs to travel like a longer route or a different route before it like clicks in to be like, Oh yeah, I need to do this. Or, or, you know, for me, even at 36, sometimes I wake up and completely like wake up and completely just walk past the bathroom. Like as if it doesn't even exist, like that my room doesn't even have a bathroom or my house doesn't have one. So 
as a child, being honest is really important to telling your parents and also for parents to understand like when that fib is there about the hygiene because it's there's a disconnect of not wanting to do it or the time it takes to do it versus like I said in the last podcast of like our some of our minds are going so fast like the hamster on the hamster wheel that when you're doing such a simple task that is repetitive and even though it's only like two or three minutes it can feel like an hour can feel like this daunting task that in our mind is so hard to do that it's easier to not do it than actually do it. So, uh, but then, but then there's like the, re- there's the, then there's that reward aspect of not necessarily the reward of parents like, Oh yeah, you completed your chart. Here's like some allowance money or here's like a special gift. Like let's go get ice cream. But, you know, that's kind of an oxymoron, but that does happen um, because that's kind of like a reward. But what clicks over, I think, is like when you notice the pride in yourself, the confidence in yourself that like I did this and it built routine. And I think that right there, like you throw in executive function into this mix. If we're just talking about hygiene, hygiene is its own waterfall. It's a, its own bucket, its own, you know, and I, I talk about waterfall charts a lot because they're very visual. You can put hygiene at the top and then you can branch it out like, okay, teeth, what do I got to do with teeth? Break it down. Okay, I need a toothbrush. I need toothpaste. I need floss. I need, I need like a water pick or whatever else you do with your teeth. Like that is one tiny little bucket with all the details And then each of those details need to be put in order of what do you do at to start and what do you do last and what do you do in between? And I think, you know, some of these aspects could be that these things need to be broken down for some of the kids into a very um, detail oriented. Like this is how you do it. Like not just tell them, but actually show them. Um, And that way there's when it comes time to doing it and getting it done there's no excuses that they don't know how one of the things i've realized is what i was talking about before i got distracted by the waterfall chart is that you build up that inner confidence that inner like i think it's the schedule that creates it like you continue to do it and then like after like we all know like three weeks takes um to build a habit it takes three weeks and it takes like one day or one week to destroy it And so building up to that without having your parents constantly nag you. I mean, my mom and I love my parents and my parents have been the most amazing parents. I am who I am today because of my parents, but I still have at 36 years old, my mom being 79 um, this coming week, my dad being 85, my parents still nag me and it's a love nag. It's not like they don't believe in me that I can't do it nag, but you know, sometimes we just need to be reminded extra, extra, extra. And it's something also with maturity that you learn later on in life to, yeah, my parents were right. I should have listened to them, but you know, all of us have to learn things on our own. And when you have to pay for your dental by yourself, you end up really making conscious effort to pay for those things 
And it's like getting a ticket, parking your car. You know, you once you do it once, you, you try not to ever do it again because it's just throwing money down the drain. So as far as like going back, because I'm getting distracted by my own thoughts, which happens all the time, but you know, that's just the way life is. Um, it's building up that like belief in yourself that you can do it, that you're capable of doing it. Like there's almost this like built-in doubt that I can't do it, but then once I do it over and over and over, it shows me and it teaches my own self that I can do it. And that brings me to another thing is like a lot of us are observers. So as young children, as babies, we like to observe the situation, watch everything, take it all in, figure it out. We might not be the first person to like jump into whatever it is. We might have to observe the kids doing it, watching how they're doing it, figuring it all out in our own mind, and then putting together all of the little pieces like the waterfall chart to build up the courage to make those steps, to make whatever it is to do those things. So when it when that comes to like the waterfall chart of hygiene, you know, brushing your teeth, washing your face, taking a shower, each one of these things has its own bucket and its own breakdown of how what what is the most efficient way to do it in the least amount of time. I would say that is probably what I've come to realize in my life is how can I get it done 110% but the most efficient, effective and the spend the absolute least amount of time in the shower to get clean to where I know I'm clean and you know I haven't left any like dirty spots. So as a child, those can be difficult um I think it uh, to be honest I'm I'm really just like looking back at my life looking at my life now and I really think it's like that patience thing of just doing this monotonous thing like brushing your teeth when you're thinking about like missing out on doing all this other stuff like it's taken away from your life um sometimes it just doesn't register and I think that as I dig more into this executive function aspect of Kleinfelder syndrome and just in general in life, right? Um, I think there's some obviously correlation between the two. So let's see. I think, so I started testosterone when I was 13 years old. I'm 36 now. So I've been on T for 23 years and I'm trying to think back to as we grow that independence of like dressing yourself, taking care of yourself on your own becomes this thing where it's, it's not, it's an expectation by your parents that, but it's like, it's also a self-belief that I'm, I'm capable of doing this. I believe in myself. It makes me proud. I'm proud to be able to do this. I'm sure when your kids get dressed for the first time on their own and their just clothes are all over the place, not matching, whatever, but I've never matched in my entire life and I've never cared about matching. So it's, but I'm sure there's a proud moment with all parents and there's a proud moment in, in their son when, when you have that aspect of like, I did it. I was able to do it. I tied my shoes for the first time. I remember things like that. You know, when you talk about tying your shoes, some of the kids have like, um, motor function, um, issues or, or more, they need more fine motor skills. And so going to tie your shoes might be more difficult, but it doesn't mean that they can't do it. 
It just takes repetition and practice. And I think that's also something that we talk about hygiene. It takes repetition and practice to be able to get good at it to where you believe in yourself, you know what you need to do. It's very strict. It's schedule oriented. And that's, you know, I'll break down the hygiene and then I'll break down like the schedule as well of, of getting all this stuff done, making sure it's done. Um, and all of that. So I think leading, leading up to like grade sixth grade, I was, my parents have always reminded me about hygiene. I mean, I, to this day, I can hear it in the back of my mind, which I don't mind at 36. I'm, I'm glad that my parents were that repetitive and that they did put forth that amount of energy to push me to become resilient and actually believe in myself and do these things that are really important that I know a lot of us don't fully grasp or do it. It's like kind of like when you're camping, how many people actually brush their teeth? So seventh and eighth grade, I would, I'm trying to remember, okay, I switched schools to a, I went from a public school to a private Catholic school for seventh and eighth grade where these kids had been together for from kindergarten through that time that I was there so I was the new kid and that was a pretty rough time for me but that's for a different podcast for a different day I think puberty you know if if you're going through puberty and you've got you've got testosterone or your body's naturally going through puberty. You know, we all get BO, we all start to smell. There's all these aspects, you know, you might shave for the first time. I remember the first time I shaved, I cut my upper lip because I had this intention and I was using like a razor that my mom would use to like shave her legs because there was razors upstairs and there was shaving cream. There's all the things I needed to do it and I wanted to do it on my own and I had like this little bit of peach fuzz I had like a tiny little mustache I'd say and I wanted to do it because you know you're just it's part of that aspect um so that's something that I look back on and I'm like I should have probably been less like stubborn and and even though I wanted to do it myself that's that like independence slash parents want you to be independent, but you want to be independent, but you don't want to listen to your parents tell you how to be independent and show you how to be independent. So you think that, you know, and you try to do it yourself and you fail. Um, and that, that was that moment. So I think like eighth, seventh, eighth grade was definitely almost like middle or like grade school still. I was constantly being reminded to take showers, to brush my teeth, to do all these things. So there's like this roller coaster effect that a lot of people talk about with testosterone. I'd say there's a roller coaster effect throughout life with um, hygiene. And, you know, is this directly because of Kleinfelder syndrome? I don't know. We, we, it's still a, um, a we're still gathering like all the data we need. It's going to be a really long time before we can, you know, put all this stuff together and really figure out, okay, it's just something that's correlated with executive function and Kleinfelder syndrome. And, you know, and that takes data that takes research and, and, um, you know, like, uh, things that we can send out to the community that you guys can fill out like, a 
I, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, like a form, like a a research form with questions. So grades, like middle school, or not middle school. Um, now I'm drawing a blank on what, seventh and eighth grade. Like, I think that's middle school. Yeah. Um, that's a really, 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 really rough time for a lot of kids. I mean, there's puberty, there's crushes and girls and boys and, you know, um, you're starting to learn different social skills that you had that you didn't have. And, um, you're becoming a little bit more mature. Like I said, puberty, and then you're getting ready to go to high school, which for most kids, it means transferring to another school with more kids and social anxiety and all of these other aspects. So, and then there's eighth grade school dances that if any, if I look back on them, the most awkward situations for kids in general, um, and in my personal experience where like the boys are on one side, all hanging out, talking to each other, and all the girls are on the other side and everyone's, you know, looking at each other like, okay, are you going to walk up to me and ask me to dance? Cause that's just how it was. Um, you know, I look back, my parents put me in this like after school program when I was in public school in sixth grade, kind of like cotillion, but it wasn't cotillion. And it was a formal education on like how to set the table, how dance, like going to dance, how to ask a girl to dance in a proper manner. Um, and that was fun because it was with other people and with other kids from my school, it was outside of school. So it was a different kind of feel. And my parents weren't the ones teaching me these things. It was someone else. And, and you listen. So hygiene, you know, not saying that there's like extracurricular hygiene activities and stuff out there, but hygiene is definitely something that's super important. So seventh and eighth grade was definitely a, um, a hard time to do it at home. And I think it's just a constant reminder. You're kind of in that young adult stage where some of us just need to be reminded. Some of us just need more time and it's going to take us a little bit longer to independently do these things on our own, which is totally okay. And, you know, at, hopefully at some point it clicks and we do do it on our own and our parents don't have to nag us and constantly remind us, or we don't need a star chart when we're 13 or 14 or 15 years old. But if we do, that's okay. You know, that like, you know, there, no, no judgment, not nothing in, in that aspect. And I'm just trying to think, I don't, I don't really remember that period of time as far as like independently, what did I do? So high school, sports PE. So for me, locker rooms are something that I absolutely dread. It's always been something I've never been self-conscious about my body or being naked in that aspect. But for some reason, when you put a bunch of men into a locker room, I just, I would rather change in the stall. And maybe this is something that's been ingrained in my mind. I don't know. I've never had any trauma from this or anything. I never got bullied or I got pants a couple of times, but it, it was never, you know, it, it sucked at the time, but that wasn't like a thing that created trauma for me to not like do in like change in the changing room at, at high school. Plus our changing room at my high school was, you know, not the, not the greatest. 
very wide open and um, it just wasn't for me. So during PE days in ninth grade, I would wear my gym shorts underneath my pants to school. And all I would have to do is go to the locker room, take my pants off, have my gym shorts on, change my shirt and boom, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then when it came time to getting back into class or getting dressed, I would just put my pants back on and um, go about the the daily aspect of of school and then so how that leads to hygiene is obviously you sweat you smell you're starting to like realize this thing called deodorant that you should probably put on in the morning before you go to school can help you with that bo smell or those armpit stains and it's just this learning process that you i remember in high school i definitely over the weekends probably didn't shower as much, but I was playing sports. I was playing volleyball or basketball. And when I was younger, when I was in grade school and stuff, I remember now I was playing baseball. So there were definitely mandatory showers regardless of whether I wanted to or not. And then through high school, you know, you add girls into the situation. So then your parents and other people are talking to you about uh, teachers and stuff are talking about how hygiene is really important. I remember in gym class, we had a really awesome teacher and my coaches during volleyball would always talk to us about these, you know, situations of these were, these were like second father figures to a lot of the boys and, um, talk about how showers and the, like being clean and hygiene and, and representing yourself in this like fashion of, if you take, if you get haircut, you know, you take care of your hair, you take care of your, your scraggly facial hair that you have all over your, over your face. If you have it, I didn't grow facial hair fully I don't think until I was like 22 or 23 um but you have this aspect of holding yourself accountable to like it what if you look good you feel good and that for a lot of people is really important if you don't care what you look like then you don't care how your cleanliness is and I grew up after I got bullied so much, I grew up not caring about what people think at all ever and whether I matched or not. So hygiene was probably not the most predominant thing in my life. But when I was trying to date, had a girlfriend when I was a junior, all of these things slowly clicked in and you build routine. And in high school, my parents were very strict about bedtime And even in grade school and all of that, like during school hours, I think I was in bed latest 930, like usually nine o'clock. I am not a morning person. So I needed that, that I needed that sleep, that getting up in the morning was, sorry, mom, um, getting up in the morning was a constant struggle for me. If but later on in life, it changes because passion changes and passion can get you up at any time, depending upon what you're doing. So high school was one of those struggles with independence of, okay, mom, you don't need to remind me anymore. But then when you say, okay, mom, you don't need to remind me anymore about brushing my teeth or, you know, taking a shower or did you forget this or did you do this? then you don't do it. So it's kind of like letting yourself down in a way. But I'm not going to focus so much on my 
younger years of my life because I don't really remember a lot. But let's talk about like, let's move forward. So I went to culinary school at 19. I worked for a year in San Diego because I had to, I had to have work in order to get into culinary school. I went to, you had to have work experience at least nine months. So I lived on my own after I had the opportunity to live with some friends for like eight months and it didn't work out, but I got to live on my own after, after high school. And that was a, a learn, a very big learning experience. And then going off to culinary school, you're cooking, you're with food. Hygiene is like super important. And we had these very militarized, strict code of conduct, hygiene, uniform, like everything was very military. And that was amazing because there was this built in structure and I was going to culinary school because I always wanted to be a chef. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I was passionate about it, just as passionate about it as living with XXY and doing this nonprofit work for everyone. And so hygiene wasn't an issue. Shaving, you had to have a clean face. You had to have bleach white uniforms. You had to learn how to mix oxy, uh, oxy, whatever that stuff is called. Um, the, uh, the powdered oxy stuff. And then you'd have to mix that with, um, bleach and then some soap and washing machine. And I know those are like toxic combos, but it was the only thing that got like stains and chocolate and all these other things out of chef whites and if you went to class with a dirty apron dirty side towels or a dirty um jacket you'd get reamed out they'd send you home you know like it, you and you couldn't miss more than two days of school in culinary school oh because our classes were every three weeks so if you missed two days you were dropped from the class and that's a lot of money that you're wasting and and time and you don't get to carry on with the class that you are currently with. So the hygiene was no problem, no issue. And I had a girlfriend in culinary school, so that was another thing. Um culinary school, it was definitely I lived in the the dorm room and the freshman dorm room was this like group um group bathrooms, so I can't remember if the the floors were co-ed or not. I, it, I, it doesn't matter. But the, the showers where the bathroom was like where all the toilets, the sinks, and the showers were. And so that was a very new experience of getting comfortable um, doing that whole aspect. So going to the shower in my towel from I would change in my um, I would change in my in my bedroom. And then I would go into the shower and do all everything that needed to be done. Um, you took care of yourself, so you were very, you were very efficient. You were very good at what you did when it came to hygiene. You would shower every day because every day you're sweating profusely because it's hot in kitchens. Um, you're dealing with food. There's all these really important things, and you're just really passionate about what you do. So you don't want to be called out for not your cleanliness. And and also it makes you feel good once you get into this routine of, of doing it. So as school fades and real life happens, um, I've lived in Nantucket. I've lived in Colorado. I've lived in Utah, lived kind of all over, lived in my truck for quite some time. And 
if I had routine, I had a better, I had a better success of having routine in the workplace than I had routine in the, in the hygiene aspect of my life. So executive function routine, I think like all these things kind of come together and developing that routine, which works for you. So I've always been a chef and I've always, I've always worked nights. So I would go to work at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I wouldn't get out until 11 or 12 or one o'clock in the morning. So you have to adapt your life to um, what works best for you. And when you're a chef, you learn um, cooking is very essential, obviously. And you become proficient at your craft. You become really good at what you do. And adapting and cooking is like, like the most crucial thing to be able to multitask and adapt with baking and pastry. It's different. If you don't put salt in bread before you bake it, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't come out right and you you can't change it. So learning the, the career of, of being a chef really helped me learn these life skills of being able to adapt in lots of different situations or look at situations from the bigger picture, bigger perspective and coming at things with different angles or, or solutions to problems. And, and that's what you're doing every day when you're at work. And then you've got your mise en place, which is all of your essentials that you have to prep for your station. And when you take that into like the hygiene aspect of your life, you have your shower, you need a shower curtain, you need like these specific, you know, depending upon what your bathroom is, you have these specific things that you need in your life in that bathroom. And I would run my bathroom just like I would my my station at work, very clean, very essential. I didn't have any products or things that I didn't use on the countertops. Um, just the aspect of all of that. And then you add in brushing your teeth. And that's probably the hardest thing that I've had struggle with my whole life. There's been moments where I know I've brushed my teeth for one or two years every day with missing maybe like one or two days. There's been years where I've gone like a month with brushing my teeth once or a week with never brushing my teeth where you start to feel like the gritty film on your teeth. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, that's so gross. That's so disgusting. Like, how do you even do that? You don't, you don't think about it. It just goes day by day where you just wake up and you don't go in the bathroom and, or you go in the bathroom, but you, you, you look at your toothbrush, but it doesn't connect. It just, it's just like you look at your toothbrush like you're looking deer in headlights and it doesn't connect like, oh, I didn't brush my teeth. And then it gets to the point where the grittiness like bothers you so much that you're playing with it with your tongue. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's been like a week since I brushed my teeth. Maybe I should do that. And then that's the fall off is it takes, you know, all that time to build these habits. And then it takes one week or one day, three days, whatever the experts say on breaking that habit. And when you break it, it takes you double or triple the amount of time to get that habit back up to where it was. And when you break one habit, you slowly start to break all the other habits. And then it's also like how important hygiene is to you, you know, and I know that sensory comes into play with some kids where the shower head um, causes them sensory issues. And I mentioned um, in the last podcast I'll mention again is like there's tons of different shower heads out there now that like do mist and sprays and all this stuff and buy it, check it out. I mean, you can buy stuff on Amazon and return it just like you can Costco. So 
this whole thing that I could say to you, the best information that I could probably walk you away with is like, as a chef, you learn to adapt in life with Kleinfelder syndrome. We all have to learn to adapt society to whatever works best for us. And you cannot care what other people think about the way you do things. And, and who cares if people do things a different way? You do what you have to do that works best for you. And don't fear judgment from other people. Don't, don't let other people be like, oh, why do you do it that way? Or like talk down to you on it. It's like a simple task of brushing your teeth. But if it takes you, you got to do, you got to run a mile before you brush your teeth every day. I mean, then you got to do what you got to do. And that's probably the best piece of advice that I could give anyone about having Kleinfelder syndrome is regardless of hygiene, you've got to figure out all of your workarounds in life on what works best for you. And if it takes you 10 times longer to do something, then it takes you 10 times longer, but you're getting it done. And as life goes on, you become more efficient and more productive and you learn different new methods and new ways. I'm always moving stuff around in my shower and wherever I've lived, I've always tried to adapt to figure out the best possible way. Like when I lived in Colorado getting dressed, I took the closet doors off my closet, put them in our like basement area because opening the closet, closing the closet was one more step for me to do something that was simple to some people, but maybe more difficult for me. So I just took the doors off the closet and I didn't care what, what it looked like. I was also like 25 and living in a ski town and a chef and a ski bum and like wanting to hang out with as many girls as possible and try to be as social as I possibly could to push myself to see what I was capable of. And you won't know if you hold yourself back and you think you worry about what others think about you or, you know, you'll constantly overthink yourself and you won't know what's actually capable and what you're actually able to accomplish and do. And then when you get to these ex levels that you never knew th you thought was possible, then you're looking at the next level and the next level and you're trying to learn all of these aspects. If that, I know that was like kind of a, a little bit of a rant, but it's, it's true. It's honest. It comes from my heart. It's, it's what I've worked my entire life for all the extracurricular programs, all the extra school, the tutors, the bullying, the, the, the getting fired, the, the um, getting kicked off the volleyball team in high school because of my grades, like all of these life experiences have brought this all together to realize that we just have to do things our own way. And this world is not necessarily built for us because we're the creative type or the right-brained hands-on. We learn differently, but guess what? Differently is okay. Being unique is being awesome. And accepting that is probably the hardest part for a lot of people. But once you accept it, you have the world to explore. You have your God-given hands that he gave you to do whatever you want, to touch and feel and, and figure out the life and problem solve all these things and figure out what you want to do. It, it, it evolves over time. And I know we were talking about um, hygiene, but this is a very crucial aspect of all of this. So as far as like hygiene in my thirties, it's, there are struggle. There are moments where it is really hard. 
you know, someone would think that a person in their 30s living on their own would have all their shit together. And for the most part, I do. But there are moments in time where picking up the toothbrush feels like the toothbrush is like this 100-pound weight and and knowing that I can't pick it up. So instead of trying, I just, I, I, I let myself down and I fail myself and, and no one else is to blame but myself. And it's the willpower. It's the self, um, the, the self motivation, the, the, the waking up, you know, when your clock goes off or waking up 30 minutes before and getting in, and I can lay in bed for 30 minutes or I can get up and get out of bed. All of these things, I'm definitely conscious of them, but sometimes it's almost like there's a fog there. It's almost, it's, it's the fear of success in some aspects and the routine, the routine is the hardest part. Um, I mean, running this nonprofit organization has taught me so much. It's it's teaching me things that I never knew, never f- being on the computer a lot of the time and learning new programs and and figuring out what work what works for me and and you know everyone's like oh just do spreadsheets and the I'm like spreadsheet to me is like a math problem that you write on one of those walls and it's like. A plus B equals C divided by this. And you, you know, like the crazy ones that you see on these chalkboards. So my workaround is like sticky notes, but then I, if writing two or 3000 sticky notes every couple of months is not the most efficient. So you have to look in and constantly adapt to your environment. So hygiene is, I go days, even now at 36, there's days where I like am out doing something shopping or my life's pretty simple right now. And, um, I'm out and I like smell something and I'm like, Oh, and then I'll just like lift my armpit out up in public and like smell myself. I don't care what other people think. So I just do that. I know that's probably not the most educated thing to do, but who cares? Um, and I'm like, Oh, I smell, I should probably take a shower and I get home. And then I'm like, Oh, it's been three days since I took a shower. Like, and that's that routine that I fall off on is, managing my life and and I think one of the biggest aspects is when I'm involved in something that I'm passionate about I'm all in I'm so deeply into whatever I'm doing that I can't do anything else until that thing is done and I forget about all of the other aspects of my life like food and taking care of myself and meetings and all these other things because I'm so focused on this one thing that I can and sometimes I'll stay up to these godless late hours to get these things done because they're on my mind. And if I don't get them done, then they continue to just manifest and they're always in my mind. So that's an aspect of hygiene where the structure is so important, writing things down, having sticky notes. So sometimes I'll take the sticky notes that are in my office and I'll say, okay, what's the first thing I need to do when I wake up out of bed? Make my bed. Okay, I'm going to put a sticky note on my bed says make my bed. So every morning that I wake up, I look at it and I hold myself accountable. That is the hardest part about all this is holding yourself accountable, telling yourself that, yes, this is what I need to do to start my day and I'm going to do it. And then go into the bathroom and there's a sticky note and it says brush your teeth. 
put on deodorant, floss, which happens a lot less than it should, but it, but it happens. Brushing my teeth is more important than, you know, it's hard for me to, but I'm just being honest. This is my life. I don't floss. I know I need to. My doctor's been, my dentist has been telling me my whole life that I need to floss. Um, sometimes the only time I get my teeth flossed is when I go to the dentist, which is like four times a year. Um, it's just another step added to that waterfall that I talked about earlier. So these are, you know, the simple things of just like brushing my teeth, washing my face. And then I've got this feast cream that I need to put on my face to prevent like this rosacea ish rash that happens around my nose from snowboarding. And so those are the tasks. And then in the shower, I'll put one. And if you want to know what these sticky notes are, they're, they're post-it extremes. Um, they cost a little bit more, but they literally stick to anything and everything. And they stay stuck to these things for a long period of time. Um, they're great. And they're const they're little reminders here and there of like your mom almost tapping you on the shoulder. Like, Hey, you need to shower today because you have a date tomorrow and and you need to smell good and uh those are the things that you know as time goes on you actually miss some of those those moments even though when you were younger you dreaded them so it's all about those workarounds what works for you how you have to adapt your life um like another example as a chef i'm really tall all the chef kitchens are so low so i would have to use a dishwasher crate um for like the utensils that was about four inches and I would have to put that down with and then put my cutting board on top of it. So I didn't have to hunch over so much. So at the end of this for everyone, for all parents and, and all the XXY guys out there that are listening and even families that have their own structure and issues and other things that aren't XXY, like this is about being able to learn how to adapt to your environment, accepting of yourself on how, what the way you do things and not letting people not caring or, or letting the judgment of others bother you to the point where you kind of fall off and you, you worry too much about what other people think about the way you're doing it. And over time you'll get better at the way you do it. You'll find out, you'll find a more proficient, easier way to do it. You'll adapt, you'll learn new things. Someone else might show you, Oh, you could do it this way. And if you're open to other people's ideas of helping you, then you can learn new things and adapt to whatever you've learned. So it's, um, it's one of those, it's one of those things of holding yourself accountable. I just, sometimes I just don't hold myself accountable with hygiene, with exercise, with eating properly just the aspects of taking care of yourself in general life, those things fall off. And what I've come to realize now is that I bought this Apple watch and I have Google calendar for free through the nonprofit and all my stuff I schedule with like this um, Calendly app that has been a lifesaver. I can send the link to people. People can pick their time when they do it just messages it adds it straight to my Google calendar and it's like absolutely amazing. I don't have to go through all these other steps that I used to have to go through. So that's that adaptability workaround. And I completely lost my train of thought of what I was talking about. So 
yeah, that just completely flew out of my mind. And one of the aspects that I was going to say earlier, but I didn't want to break into it even more is like the idea that you're talking about is like the tree trunk and it's big and it's thick and it's there and it's, and that's the core of what you're trying to talk about. But then the brain goes like, Oh, what's that shiny thing over there? What's the shiny thing over here? And that's like another branch. And when you look at a tree, there's all these branches that come off that major trunk. And that communication aspect is kind of like how I feel I can communicate sometimes where I'm trying to explain the trunk of the tree, but then there's an analogy that I like to use to explain what I'm trying to talk about in less words. And then I start talking about that and then I get distracted by whatever that is. And then I go down this like rabbit hole of whatever that is. And then when I try to go back to like, oh wait, what was the point? Like, why was I talking about this? I sometimes I completely forget like I did just now. So I hope that this has been somewhat helpful for some people out there. And it's definitely really difficult to it's okay. It's called, I've learned, I learned it the other day, metacognition. And that is something that I'm learning is like, how do I take metacognition in my life? Then how do I, be able to explain it of what and how I do things and then articulate it to our community to where it's usable for men that have Kleinfelder syndrome, just like me, you know, friends, whatever. And then it's usable for parents that have kids with Kleinfelder syndrome, trying to help them understand their kids. And then it's also potentially usable for those kids. So sometimes I feel all the time, I feel like I'm running two nonprofits, one for parents and kind of the younger generation of Kleinfelter syndrome, and then the adults who obviously need support as well. So with within living with XXY, this is a dual situation of, you know, that's why with some of these forms that you guys read, it'll say like you as an XXY adult or you as with XXY and then your son, because it's like trying to figure out how can I adapt one form, but for everyone. So I hope that this 50 minute podcast with all of you, just me breaking, trying to break down my life and remember and figure these things out is really helpful. And um, if there's any specific questions that you have, you guys can contact me through social media, through our web, our, our, um, our email address, living with XXY at living with XXY.org. Um, social media, if you're out there and you're, you want to message us about some questions or certain things or a workaround that you do that helps you, that'd be awesome. If you want to be on the podcast and you want to talk about some of these topics or talk about something else that you've noticed or something similar or ask me questions, I'm happy to do that. Um, so anything else about hygiene that I can honestly think about? I mean, Routine, 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 ad- adapting, accepting yourself and adapt, adapt, just, you know, and, and making decisions. There's so many soaps and there's so many toothbrushes and toothpaste and all these things. Like it all does the same thing for the most part, unless you have like really sensitive skin. So, or dandruff, like I, I get sometimes. So it's just finding what works for you. If try a loofah, if you don't like a loofah, cause you have sensory, try something else you know, just use a bar of soap if you don't feel like anything else works for you. But make sure you use soap when you're in the shower. 
um, make sure you're just taking care of yourself. And, and if, if you're only doing three of the five things to start, it's better than doing all five at once and being completely overwhelmed where you don't develop that routine. So what I was going to say about the flossing is brush your teeth, take care of your mouth, you know, do you got to do your water pick or whatever. And eventually once you build that routine, add in something else, add in like, how can I be a little bit more clean or, you know, what, uh, what do other people do? Oh, they floss. And then you could try to add in flossing to that regiment, to that routine and see if it sticks. And then when you fall off, it's okay. It happens. It's totally okay. It happens. But then we all have to hold ourselves accountable. No one else is going to hold us accountable, especially when you're on your own and you're living on your own and just no it's okay. Give yourself grace. Be like, I've done it. I did it for three weeks without any pauses. I did a really good job and be like, I fell off. It's all right. I'm going to get back on that train. And maybe next week, next time I do it, I'll, I'll do it for six weeks without ever having a break. So with that being said, I hope all of you guys are having a wonderful time in this just incredible world, even though we have got some rough things going on, but, um, hopefully you guys are smiling a lot. Um, trying to find smiles trying to laugh, trying to enjoy yourself. Um, that's the, what's some of the most important things. And I'm going to sign off. I'm going to go to bed. Um, it's my time. Um, it's nine 30, just like high school time to get ready and, and do my wind down before bed. Um, another routine that I'm slowly getting in the habit of, of doing some reading and, and meditation hygiene, and then going to bed and, in a bed that has some clean sheets. It feels good waking up refreshed with some goals in mind for the next day and, and just making a difference and um, helping people share their voice and um, being positive about having a genetic condition that nobody knows about and helping be the change that, that, you know, we'll look back in 10 or 15 or 20 years or five years and, down syndrome and autism have been through the exact same things that Kleinfelter syndrome is going through now. And if they can do it, why can't we? And so with that being said, have a great night and we'll talk to you soon.